Well, cries of peak inflation echo through markets. US dollar warning signs ring out. Equities march on. Crypto looks the goods. We go inside these factors and more as we assess the trade-off. Well, hi, my name is Chris Weston, Head of Research here at Pepperstone. And in two seconds, I'm going to be joined by Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics. And we're going to be navigating markets. We're going to be deciding the various thematics that are going into these markets. As you can see here, with a few factors that we're going to be going through the show today. It's going to be an action-packed show. We're going to be talking about peak inflation, or at least the market's perception or hope of peak inflation. We're going to be talking about stocks and where, where we see them going. We're going to be potentially, is there a meme revival? Some people have been talking about this. Blake and I argue whether that's the case. We look at Sterling, we look at Aussie, we go through all these factors as you can see here, and we assess the trade-off in that situation. Of course, if you have find yourself wanting to comment on the programme, do leave a comment in the comment section. Blake and I will get to those as quickly as we can. We love to hear your comments every day of the week. We love to hear some of your articulated views on some of the factors we're talking about, so do go to those. Uh, if you want to hit the like button, we'd appreciate that one as well. It really helps the programme grow as we evolve as well. So I'm going to bring Blake into the programme. Blake, how are you, me old mucker? Prices are coming down. Prices are coming down, are they? Coming down. We'll discuss those uh, are factors they? in a minute. Well, we're discussing. Are they? It's been a big night, are, mate. Are, it's been a big night. Have you? Uh, were you up? Obviously, you were busy, busy trading the uh, the inflation report. It was a, it was a very busy day, and you know a lot of key levels got uh, tested. A lot of a lot got respected. A lot were broken today. So it, it's a, it's kind of a tricky market. And not to mention that we are in the middle of August, so yeah. or in the beginning of August, so we're right smack dab in the middle of summer for yeah. so many people. Are you not taking? It's, is the, is the Morrow family not taking a summer holiday? Are you going driving somewhere? <laughs> we we've taken some sporadic uh, little ones, but no no big holiday this summer. It'll probably be this fall. So very nice, mate. Get the skiing gear out and uh, head up to the north. I suppose is it. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Mate, I was, I was up half past 10. I was uh, the, the inflation numbers came out for me at night. That to me is, a, is, is it was almost midnight for me. So <laughs> I'm an old man these days, so eight o'clock bedtimes. But uh, it's uh, well, I'm looking a bit tired. How did, anyway, how did you trade it? How'd you, you know, trade right. it? Well, let's find out, mate. Let's, let's let's go straight to it, and we can actually talk about let's, how I trade it. Because I know it. that you've uh, you've got some big views on markets as well. Let's go into Topical Thunder. Well, Blake, I want to talk about some of the ways that you've been trading, and we can go to some of those currency calls and and various factors because I know that you've been, uh, you, you know, you've been hitting, uh, hit, you know, been uh, making some broker very happy, I'm sure. Um, but the, the word of peak inflation's come out. Obviously, we saw the numbers coming out, the unchanged reading month on month headline. We saw core inflation up 30 basis points, um, which was about 20 basis po points below the expectations of the markets on a year-on-year -year basis. Headline uh, is growing at, what, 8.5% at the moment. So, you know, I think the, the worst fears of the market were alleviated and you've got this idea that, you know, this peak inflation narrative, which everyone's craving in the market, we're so desperate to see it, um, you know, has come to fruition. Um, obviously, we saw airlines coming down. That was a very volatile airline prices, but they came down and that, that helped lower that. We saw... Um, you know, uh, owner equivalent rents propping up prices there. And I think ultimately gasoline prices have, have helped lower that as well. Very volatile readings. Um, but yeah, obviously the, the market is desperate for this peak inflation narrative to kick in. How, how are you reading the inflation story and are we out of the woods at the moment? Well, I think it's too early to, to say we're out of the woods. And really we saw it expressed through the 
U.S. Treasuries, and yeah, we right. saw it in the bond market today. Um, you know, the sell-off in yields and then the reversal back to basically break even. That I think that 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 tells us a lot, and, and I point. think it is too early to call at this point. Mate, it's a great point. I mean, if you look at two-year Treasuries, well, they dropped twenty basis points off the bat. That's a material move. Um, but then they climbed back. I mean, they closed down six on the day, um, so it's a decent fall. But it, you know, people were selling those 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 treasuries at those lows, and they pushed up. Yeah, we saw Neil Kashkari, we saw Charles Evans saying, yeah, this is a welcome relief, but you know, it's not time now to do high fives and and uh, bumping chests and those factors as well. So whilst uh, you know headline inflation has come back a little bit, at the end of the day, you know, the Fed are still uh, are not seeing uh, this uh, as as like a done deal. We've still got an eight handle on inflation, so they're still going to put the pedal to the metal, right? Yeah, they are, and and I think that you 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 kind of framed it perfectly. Just asking the question: Are we out of the woods? The market is so deathly afraid that we are heading into a high inflationary environment, like we saw back in the you know the the late seventies. That they're worried, so worried that we're going to be facing that again. And um, and so this little bit of reprieve that we saw today. It was a welcome, you know, it, it was welcome. You can you can actually see it expressed in the equity markets. So, because even though the bond markets reverse course, you would, th- you would think the equity markets would have pulled back too, but they haven't, at least not at this moment uh, as, as we're actually speaking right now. So, you know, with that being said, I'm, I'm still a little nervous and, and seeing the reaction in the currency market, seeing the reaction in precious metals. Yeah, that was that's another that's well, kind of yields. another, you know, had to double take. Well, right? it's interesting if you, if you have a look at the, the Fed funds future market, go to the, the what we call the terminal rate, which is the highest point, which is around sort of March. It was down five basis points on the day. Um, so, you know, it, the market's still sort of pricing 50 basis points, 75. There's a lot of market uh, information to digest between now and September. Yeah, we get another CPI print on the 13th of September. Um, market sort of 50, is it 75? This hasn't changed the game. It's a weaker number, but it hasn't changed the game. There's still a lot of information that we need to digest over the near term. Yeah, and you know, one of the one, and let's just go ahead and turn it over to the stock market because I want to talk a little bit about equities um, because I'm I'm actually looking to fade this rally, Chris. And Me. I when I when I take a step back and like He's I did standing today, in front of a juggernaut the, right now, this man. I, well I know that's what everybody, you know, I, and I haven't yet. So well actually I take that back. I did in the NASDAQ today. I got out almost a break even and basically just stepped away, you know, to let Asia and 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 you know Australian markets do whatever they're gonna do. Yeah right. Kind of following up with today's CPI in the, in North America. However we have been bullish and very, very constructive on the stock market for the last couple of months here, Chris. Yeah. Anybody who's been watching us here on the trade-off knows that you know when we were trading at 3,800 in the S&P, I was all about getting long risks, so were you. And, and the markets have really responded. I thought it would be a stretch that we make it up to the 200-day moving average, which comes in around 4,300. However, I, I had to take a step back, look at how the other markets were responding. Even though stocks held their gains, we, we note that the bond market didn't. Um, you saw in, in precious metals, they did not. You saw in currencies, we saw a move in the dollar, but it's suspect, and we're gonna talk about that more, so make sure you all stick around for that. And let's not forget, the Fed is embarking on quantitative tightening. And, and in September, they're about going to double what they're doing now. So, you know, as we are facing a, a, a tightening environment by with monetary policy 
does it really make sense to be chasing stocks up here? What do you say, Chris? Mate, I'll tell you a quantitative tightening uh, uh, situation. The problem is, is that if you actually look at the liability side of the balance sheet, not the assets that are coming down, um, the actual excess reserves that are held, which commercial banks park on the Federal Reserve's balance sheet, have actually been increasing at a faster rate. So that's actually quantitative easing going in the market. So that's an interesting point. That will that will probably change in the in the near term. So your point is a valid one. Why does equities moving up? Well, you've actually seen excess liquidity going into markets and onto the liability side of the thing. So the market senses that as, as a as a kind of quantitative easing sort of situation. So I think that's a really important situation. Obviously, better data coming through or less bad data. We've seen that in services. So this idea of reflect, re, uh, recession in the NBER's uh, eyes have been pushed back a little bit. Still could happen, of course, but it's been, if you push back, some of the data has been a little bit better. And I think what we've seen last couple of days is really a lot of the systematic funds, the CTAs, um, have their rules have been triggered where they've had to cover some of those short positions. And again, that's pushed us up. I'm not so sure um, that, that you get your fade, to be honest. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be short at the moment. I want to see a bit more evidence that the market's really prepared to roll over. So I wouldn't be fighting this at the moment myself. I, I think the technical break on the NASDAQ's really important. Um, uh, you know, we've seen that January downtrend coming out, and I think there might be some more hedging flow that comes up. Also, remember, Blake, that the VIX is now trading sub-20, so a lot of the vol targeting funds are coming back in as well. So I personally wouldn't be fading it. I get your point, um, but I just want to see a bit more evidence um, that the market's prepared to take this one down again. So we'll see. One of the we, can we do can we do another show on Monday between this one and the next one? We should do. Uh, we should we? This... <laughs> I hold that point. And then I want to get your take then. I'm going to get your take then. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. No, but it's a long time between drinks, isn't it? I want to talk about it that is. idea of liquidity because a couple of days ago we saw Bed Bath and Beyond. Um, I think at one stage it was up 66% on one, you know, intraday, and then it came back a little. We saw GME and AMC and all these kind of, you know, uh, these meme names going absolutely bananas. Um, I looked into the options world, and you obviously see the SPY and the, the the Qs, all of those guys getting some massive options volume coming through ahead of options expiry at the end of the week. Um, but what we also started seeing was that GME option there was on, on Tuesday 77,000. Um, yeah, call options trading hands. Um, yeah, for near term expiry, uh, and again, it just made me think. <clears throat> we've got that liquidity dynamic. You know, everyone's looking at the QE as I talked about the liability side of the excess reserves going up. And then I thought, is this two thousand and twenty? We saw crypto having a really strong move. We saw a lot of these meme names, just not just on the equity side, but in the options world, the huge volume upside buying. And I thought, this isn't 2020. This is not 2020. Didn't want to put it out on Twitter because, of course, you're going to get slammed by people saying, oh, you're an idiot, you're an idiot. But, um, yeah, right. you know, I just looking at this going, what am I looking at here? And we're seeing some, uh, just some of the hallmarks of what was going on there. Of course, we are seeing some risk taking in financial markets and the dollar's now looking a bit precarious. Um, but I just can't, I can't be going out and buying AMC and GME and all these names and Bed Bath and beyond. Am I missing out on alpha here, or is this somewhere an area that we should be looking at? Maybe a little bit of our capital, or should we just stay well out of it? I put my parents' net worth actually in Peloton <laughs> just yesterday, you, so I don't know what you you're put talking your about. Chris. You put your in-laws' uh, net worth on it, not your own. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm jo I'm obviously just joking right now, so don't 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 take that serious. But um, no, I, I look at that, and and you you made a point like you saw some crypto names moving. 
Look, you want to look at the best risk barometer out there. It's not AMC and it's not Bed Bath & Beyond. It, just go look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is really the mother of all risk-taking pro proxies. Yeah, you have Ethereum moving higher, and we could talk. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. I think there's reasons specifically that that's actually moving, but I just look at Bitcoin, and it can't get out of its own way, Chris. And 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 unless Bitcoin had like literally been up, you know, 10, 20 percent the same time that the those meme stocks were moving higher. I would maybe be talking a different tune right now. But yeah, I'm not falling for the AMC trap and I'm not falling for the GameStop trap, maybe Bed Bath & Beyond because I need to buy some stuff at my house. But no, <laughs> jokes aside, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really not falling in that that liquidity trap. So yeah. I, I'm with you. I I don't if I miss it, I miss it. Yeah. I'll let you take it. Well, I'm not touching it, though, to be honest. I'm not touching it, to be honest. And um, you go and get yourself some some nice new towels and some bath salts. But, uh, you know, I'll stick to quality. I still think if you're going to be involved in this market, um, on the upside, on the on the equity front, you want to be in, in you want to be in an Apple, you want to be in your Microsoft. Yeah, these kind of names are working, and and I'd probably be in there. I'd probably be in the Qs as opposed to one of these names. I might miss out on some Alpha, but I still think in in this environment of a precarious environment, I think quality. Um, over these kind of names. Yeah, you can have a little bit of fun, chuck five grand on it unleveraged and, and just see what happens. But yeah, for me as a trader, I'd, I'd still go in the quality end of town. For now, there's still too many question marks. Prepared to uh, to not take that risk on. Um, we'll see what happens. There. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's uh, as talking about risk taking, let's go ahead and talk about the cable or the pound or the sterling. And my question is, is it time to start pounding the pound? Now, the pound, the pound... <laughs> Is not a, it's not the first time you've ever heard anybody say that, but uh, I was talking to a gentleman named Dick Matthews the other day, and he's like, I'm going to pound the pound. I'm selling rallies. and um, I'm sure and there's a great the pound pun under the under I'm this. sure there is. I'm sure we could find one, too. But, yeah. you know, we, we got the Bank of England out of the way. They raised rates, but it was a dovish hike, as we talked about last mm. week. They hiked rates. It was dovish. They talked about a recession. And... Look, you got you got UK GDP this week. You got CPI next week out of the UK. Yeah. But the question is, do you think the Bank of England, I mean, Bailey basically said they're going to be in a recession for the next five quarters. Oh, I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what central bank actually talks that way. It's crazy, isn't it? Like, how refreshing. It was crazy, but refreshing. Yeah. You don't really get I mean, you're right. You're in the five UK, quarters. It yeah. Five quarters five of negative quarters. growth. And they're actually happy to admit they probably could have got away with less, to be honest. But you're, it's, you know, the Fed, the Fed are trying everything they can to say that there's not going to be a recession. Maybe they genuinely believe that. But you know, then you get a central bank who comes out and says, you know, we're going to get five quarters when that, the market wasn't even expecting that. And you're like, hang on a sec. You know, these guys are, they're acting like the central bank in New Zealand, who are who are always a little bit more honest than other people and actually, yeah, you know, very forthright. But uh, you're right. The Bank of England just just brought their and yeah. I think it was a shock to markets. They were like, hang it, on. They're admitting this. It was so. So I've got to ask this question: Is now the time to sell it into this rally? I mean, I, technically, I don't have the charts for you right now. Yeah. But we're following a, a big channel um, yeah. that we've been following uh, basically for I'll, I'll just say since May of this year. So really, throughout most of the summer or an early or late late spring. Yeah. But. You know, the cable, you know, this rally, I kind of want to sell into it. I haven't yeah. done it yet, 
But I'm asking you, what do you think? Is it time to... No, I, don't, I, don't, I, think, I think cable's at the mercy of the dollar and, and, and risk, basically. If you're looking at it against the euro, that's another situation. That's what we look at, a pound or some of the crosses. The problem, yeah. the, the thing is with the pound is that you've got Rishi Sunak's um, uh, fiscal support, which is still flowing through. This is the second half. The, the, implement, uh, the support that he had, the stay-at-home, the, the cost-of-living support is still about to, to, fi- to fill through. So we're, gonna about, we're still getting a fiscal boost from that. The other aspect is that you know, Liz Truss is probably going to win uh, the Tory leadership. She's promised you know, big fiscal stimulus, as has Rishi, but her fiscal stimulus would be more powerful and more potent. So you've got fiscal working, and it would work fairly quickly in that situation. So I think we get a 50 basis point hike at the next rate, uh, rate meeting for from the central bank, obviously, see what happens with CPI next week. And then I think we'll probably flip to more of a, a progressive sort of 25 basis point into the end of the year. So I think there's reasons to like the pound. There's a lot of reasons to not like the pound from a relative growth perspective. Um, but I think the pound is probably against the dollar here to answer your question, Blake. I think you were at the mercy really of the dollar and also just risk really. If, if, if the S&P is going to keep going up, you know, cable will probably test that top end of the channel that you talk about there. So it's an interesting one. We're looking at politics in the UK. I think, I think Liz Truss has probably got it in the bag based on what we're seeing in the polls, but we can be surprised. Anyway, let's go to that's the setup and have a look at some of the charts that we're on, the, on our mind at the moment. Well, Blake, first one I want to talk about is the Aussie dollar. Uh, I've conveniently titled this one, Go On You Battler or Ya Battler. Um, battler <laughs> is, is a kind of a common term for the Aussie dollar. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the little battler, but um, yeah, is it a battler is, or is it just a proxy of risk? And, and I think for me, it's just the proxy of risk. It's not a reflection that the Australian economy is doing well. It's not a reflection of how our external partners or terms of trade and all those factors are. The fact of the matter is, is if the risk's going on and everyone's buying equities, um, then, then the Aussie dollar is going to go along with it, as is the case with the Nokia at the moment, as is the case with the Mexican peso, as is the case uh, with the Kiwi dollar as well. So it's a proxy of risk, and maybe that changes. But what we can see on the technicals now is we've seen yeah, that we had a bit of a pullback into, into what, 68, 77. The market found a platform. Uh, we sort of retested that 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 yeah, that downtrend. I know it's only touched two points, but then we've just smashed straight through it. Uh, we're into that top Bollinger Band at the moment, and we'd probably see that maybe ride higher. So I quite like this one at the moment. Um, we've got, it could be considered uh, an inverse head and shoulders pattern there, which takes us up into 72, 68. Um, I'm not a massive fan of head and shoulders patterns myself. Um, I think they usually have a quite low probability of hitting those targets myself, but I know a lot of people will disagree with me. But the, the fact of the matter is here, Blake, that it's made a higher high. It's broken out. The question is, is, is it can it? Can it push back into those former highs of 72.68? Um, it feels like it can to me, but uh, I guess a lot depends on the equity market reaction. What do you think? Well, you know, I think you have to buy dips. And, you know, I'm very, very constructive on the Aussie. I love the Aussie dollar. I've loved it below 70 cents. And I feel a little naked right now that I'm not long as it was breaking out today because I'd been buying dips so aggressively for the last few weeks. Mm. Um, I am going to be looking for a dip towards 70 cents to be to participate. But for, from a technical perspective, any dip over the next 24 hours or so down to 70, 40, 70, 20. I think those are levels that you might look at to see if we can get a bounce as long as risk appetite stays strong. And I, and, and you, 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 you put the nail on the head there. It's, it's all about risk appetite. And I, I like the Aussie dollar as long as stocks continue to truck higher. Yeah, I think that's right. I'll, I'll agree. All right. That. So let's take it over to the guppy. Chris, it's the guppy. Now <laughs> I, I know we were, uh, it, it's funny. We, you know, pre-production of the show we were talking about the pound yen 
and I called it the guppy, but uh, that's been uh, its nickname for years and years and years. Mate, I've been, I've, I've been, I've been doing remember. this since 1998, and uh, yeah, I've never heard of the guppy, to be honest. I've, um, so yeah, maybe never I just need to. Uh, I need to go back to Wikipedia and and, and look at the uh, look at the names of currencies or something. This is this is where we don't run in the same circles, and I, I guess it, 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 if you, you're you, trading you the stone, run in but, far better circles than I, mate. I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that, but anyway. You know, when I was talking earlier about pounding the pound, I'm also slightly bullish the yen. And you saw the yen really move today. The dollar yen moved over 2% at one point. I mean, it was a big move lower. The yen really strengthened on the heels of today's data or the CPI data. But I also look at the sterling and it's struggling around a 618, which is basically below, you know, 163.70. And as long as we stay below 164, I'm actually selling rallies. And I'm gonna start, mm. I'm gonna start looking for a move back down to the 200 day moving average. It's not like I'm looking for a home run here. I'm not looking for a move back down into the 140s. But I think realistically, you sell rallies, look for a move back towards one, you know, 58, 159. What are your thoughts here on the sterling yen or the guppy going downstream? Yeah, I mean, it's a, anything to do with the yen is is a, is a basically a play on the bond market, right? So the the Bank of Japan have got their ultra easy monetary policy stance relative to anyone else in the world, pretty much. Um, maybe the Chinese to an exception, but certainly the the Bank of Japan are. Uh, the ultra easy ones there. So if if we do see a situation where long end bond yields or front end bond yields start moving lower, then the, the, yeah, any any currency is going to converge with the yen. Uh, so that's really where you are. If you take a view that, that bond yields are going to go down, then you'd be buying the yen every day of the week. As a swing trade, yeah, I'd probably prefer it down than up. Um, but you know, you've got a fairly well defined stop loss on the trade, haven't you? To be honest, so um, you know how much risk you're taking on the trade. You know your position size as a result. So as a swing trade. Um, which is probably where you're going on this one, then, yeah, I like it. But uh, it needs a bit of work, doesn't it? I mean, it's just sort of hovering around there. I, I like to see uh, things that are going down. Um, so I'd like to see a bit more momentum in the move to to, to, to compel me to want to take the trade. But, yeah, I, I don't mind this. If, if you think bond yields have, have probably peaked, then uh, then you're probably bullish on the yen on that in that situation. The other way to express that is, is in crypto. So I, like, I want to bring up the chart of Ethereum. You talked about Bitcoin being your proxy of all those kind of junk risk-taking positions. Um, and I know uh, Ethereum has news which is, is idiosyncratic with itself. I won't go there because I haven't followed it closely enough. All I care about is, this, is, is, the tar is the chart. That's a setup. We're looking at the setup. We're looking at the aggregating of flow of, uh, and, and thoughts in the market that are taking place at one time. And this is a chart that I've been bringing up, you know, sort of every now and again. And I've used it in the play of the day. And it's not really given me much until now. Uh, and now we've had that chance where the, you know, its head's really stuck above the precipice. Um, and the question now is, is, for me, is, is, is this about to start trending? We never know. Of course, we're not trying to anticipate as momentum potentially trend traders. All we care about is, is it's now had the breakout. We've had a, a close above the, uh, the, the, the top Bollinger Band, the three days pulling away from the eight day. We've got rate of change really accelerating here. You know, I, I'll be long this now. Um, I might get stopped out for a small for a small loss, but it will be a small loss. Um, I don't know where this is going, but hopefully this starts trend. This is the sort of setups that you buy with the anticipation that this starts going out for an outlier move. Um, it's doing everything I want now, so I, I quite like this higher. Um, uh, what do you think? Well, I think you you brought this up as maybe a play of the day last week or something like that. And I'm going to say the same thing that I said last week, if it was last week. It may have been two weeks ago, but weeks ago, yeah. um, the high from April and then if you take that that most recent low that happened in June, the 38% retracement comes in at 1926. 
Now, it's a big deal to me because from a Fibonacci standpoint, if it holds that level, that means that downtrend is still really strong, but we're right there. And so if we can clear that 1926, get it, get towards 1930, the next stop for Ethereum is 2250, 2243, which is the 50% retracement of that move. So when you talk about, I like to see if trends are gonna evolve, I think if it makes above the 38% retracement, the 50% so, retracement is the next stop and you get a breakout. So what do I do? But we're just going to the next question. As, as a trend follower, as a momentum trader into a trend, um, you know, if it, if it closes above the Fibonacci, I'm looking to add, right? Is that, is that, is that the way yeah, you'd be doing it? Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how I'd play it. It's like, oh, if I'm compelled to buy it right now, fine. You buy it, you got your risk parameters, you know where you're going to get out. It gets above that Fib level, closes above, above, above there, add. spends some sustained time above that level, then you add to it. That's yeah. the way I play it. Beautiful. Yeah, you add to your winners. So. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's, ta let's, let's take us over to the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And this is, since it's a, this is a setup. That's what we're, this segment is, Chris. This is a setup <laughs> yeah. specifically to the Dow. And the Dow is, I know we've got a breakout in the NASDAQ. You pointed that out. The S&P is trading above 4,200. That's kind of a, you know, breakout right now. But it's going to be interesting to see if the rest of the market's going to take off. By the way, the mid cap market, the IWM also is a breakout. So really the lagging indice, right? Or the, the lagging indice is the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And we're right there. I mean, we are literally right at the breakout point. So what I'm gonna be looking for over the next like 24 hours or so is to see how the Dow reacts around this 33,450 level, that resistance. It's a, it's a descending trend line. You got the 200 day moving average right above it. But if the markets can sustain a breakout, then you got a breakout. But if it fails and you start to see the S&P dive, you see the NASDAQ give up some of these gains over the next 24 hours, then you sell this, this index because this is the weak hand. Yeah, right. This is the one that's not participating. That's why it's a setup. So hey, I think you, you know, should be watching it. I, I brought, last, week I brought, last week I brought up the NASDAQ um, as a setup. Yep. And we looked at the downtrend there. We looked at the idea of scalpers looking at levels around there to, to, to scalp off off when, and that worked out really well. You know, like people were just looking at that and then just taking these quick moves um, off off yep. that. And, that, and then again, this is perfect. You've got that, that, that horizontal resistance. You've got the downtrend resistance. So the scalpers out there looking at levels just to take a quick one off there. I think that that's going to be one that you have to have on the radar there. As a momentum trader though, and a trend follower, then you know you want to be adding on a break of that because it's going to be significant. But I think you know the Nasdaq's led this rally up, um, and that's broken the trend. It's made a higher high. It looks good at the moment. So yeah, we'll have to watch there. But I think for, certainly for the scalpers out there who 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 look at levels to 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 try and trade against, I think this is a really great chart. So it's a setup. I think that's where we're looking at. You can give people levels to look at. Is how markets obviously react off those levels. That's obviously the most important situation, right? So uh, yes, a good sir. good chart to see. So uh, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Anyway, let's uh, let's go to play of the day. Blake, I, uh, I actually I went for um, lumber last week. It was doing okay first couple of days, and we had a, a, a shocker like yeah, overnight. It was up nine percent, so we were out of that trade. Uh, this week, I want to look at ways to trade uh, dollars against the dollar. So I'm really looking at the, the the weakest technical situation. I love selling weak. I love buying strong, as you know. Um, and right now, when it comes to dollar flows, I think this looks like the weakest play. Dollar Mex is going to be interesting. We've got a central bank meeting. I think it's either tonight um, where they're going to raise 75 basis points. So I was looking at dollar.
dollar mechs. But um, right now, obviously, we saw the Aussie dollar trade there. But dollar Swiss is looking weak. Um, I think we probably get a bit of a retracement. I'd be looking to sell into that level uh, for a move down into 93. But for me, as, as a way of expressing a dollar play, I agree with you. I wouldn't necessarily wanting to be long euro dollar at the moment. I think we're probably going to find there's no reason to be in euros, just a little bit of short covering playing through. But dollar Swiss looks nice to me. Like it, You get a bit of cyclicality coming through in there. Um, but when it comes to weak currencies, I don't know. For me, this this, this looks like the weakest hand, and that's what's just gravitated to me and say, Chris, come and have a look at this chart. Uh, from a daily perspective, um, yeah, I, I think this one goes lower. I think selling rallies makes a lot of sense for a move down into 93 there. Well, I tell you what, the Swiss franc, you've been all over it, Chris, for the last several weeks, and uh, it continues to play through, and it it continues to pay you out. So wow. kudos on you. Uh, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take not the other side of that trade, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to take the euro dollar yeah. as my play of the day and i am going to be talking my book first and foremost let me just go ahead and say that if you like hear my analysis in other places other than the trade-off you've heard me utter the number 10350 about a thousand times <laughs> that was the breakdown point from back in 2016 it's been a big pivot if you look at this year back in may and 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 in june uh those were lows that held and guess what we spiked right into that resistance today following the cpi numbers and guess what i was waiting to sell it and i sold it right around the 10350 i actually kind of you know leveled into it and now i'm actually short now I've been looking to sell this level. So this is, you know, trade your plan, plan your trade, but I'm also looking to actually add to this currency too. If we fail and we close back below 102.80, I'm actually gonna get more long the dollar and more short the Euro because I look at the Euro crosses, the Euro Aussies breaking down. I, I played it to the long side last week. It turned around and is heading lower. Euro Sterling, Euro Kiwi, Euro, almost everything. So I love the euro to the short side as long as 104 is not breached. Yeah, great stuff. Well, if you say if anyone wants to get in touch with Blake and, and read some of his real-time analysis, do reach out to Blake on 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 Twitter. Um, yeah, so they're doing some good stuff there at Forex Analytics. So some uh, some some good way to generate some alpha uh, by getting in touch with uh, with the guys there. So definitely one to watch there. Anyway, that's all the time we've we've got time for at uh, at, at the trade-off. Uh, we've gone through a number of different facets of the financial markets. It's been another breathtaking week with twists and turns along the way. Obviously, the dollar's been very much in focus. We've looked at equity markets. We've looked at commodity markets markets. Um, but that's all we've got time for. If you want to comment, leave a comment, hit the like button. We'd love that. Anyway, we'll see you next week for more of The Trade-Off.